0: Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host, Robert. Just want to thank everyone that has listened to the first episode. Uh, We're really excited for this new podcast. Uh, We really hope you enjoy the second episode. Robert, you want to break down the podcast for everyone?
1: Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the AFC North. Uh, So we're going to start with the Bengals here. Um, So Joe Burrow, he's going to be our first talking point here. Uh, So just for me, you know, so he was quarterback seven. Oh, had. 4,600 yards in 16 games, uh, 34 touchdowns. Uh, he had a really good year. You maybe like to see a little bit more touchdowns. since he doesn't really offer anything on the ground, but you know those will come. I feel like. What do you think?
0: Burrow is a burdening stud in the NFL. I know everyone wanted to see uh, Penny Sewell drafted by them last year, but Jamar Chase obviously has helped them out. They've got three good young receivers: Chase, Higgins, Boyd. A good running back. Uh, Burrow seems to be completely recovered from the really bad knee injury they had last season. Joe Burrow is knocking on the door of tier one. I think they're slightly tiered down below uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes for me. Right now in sleepers ADP, they're going QB6. That seems dead right for me. I love Joe Burrow. (laughs) Uh, Definitely a first round pick and a startup for me. Yeah,
1: I I feel like he's absolutely, you know, one of the top quarterbacks. I feel like quarterback six right around where I would have him. He played, he didn't play the final game of the season, but you know, the the yards numbers is what really, you know, catches me, catches my eye. I don't think those are going to change much. I mean, it's a big passing offense and I think he's actually going to get more touchdowns as time goes on. So I feel like maybe his ceiling is, you know, a little bit higher than maybe what people think right now, just because he doesn't run the ball often. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really much to discuss that, you know, Jer Burroughs. One of the best young stars in the NFL, so
0: nothing much really there. Other than
1: that, did you want to just go jump into Joe Mixon, or do you want to have anything else for Joe Burrow?
0: I guess the only conversation with Burrow is to compare them to Kyler and Lamar. Doesn't have nearly the rushing upside as those two. So the question is, who do you value more in a super flex draft? That's really hard for me. Burrow, like you said, is limited rushing, but... In terms of staying power, I have way more confidence Joe Burrow playing for 15 more years than I do Lamar or Kyler. So, if that's a big factor for you, that could put push you past them. What do you think, comparing those three?
1: I mean, i I think you get a higher floor with the rushing stats for Kyler Murray and Lamar. So Lamar didn't have a great year. Uh, I mean, he's he was still a really good player not by any by every means but he wasn't as good as he'd been in the past and then kyler he fell off a lot whenever jenner hopkins got hurt so and once the Hunter hopkins got hurt you know it was it was tough for him so i mean joe burrow he's gonna give you i feel like he's the safe pick um but kyler murray and lamar jackson are gonna be more likely to win you a championship Long, long term right long term not like you know this season, obviously Joe Burrow had a fantastic playoff run, but but yeah, I mean I feel like Lamar Jackson's gonna bounce back, and then I feel like Kyler Murray's also gonna bounce back. So, yeah, I agree. What do
0: you think about Joe Mixon?
1: Yeah, I mean so he was RB four this year, um, twelve hundred five yards, thirteen touchdowns. I only had four point one three yards per carry though, so I kind of you know I was kind of nervous about that. So the Joe, so the Bengals didn't actually have that great of a rushing offense, just in terms of. You know yards per carry. They they did run the ball a lot though, um, so that kind of helped his volume. I'm I'm actually kind of worried about it going into next season with that yards per carry. I feel like hopefully they get better offensive line pay, play next year, but you know the 13 touchdowns. I mean, their their game script kind of favored them because they were ahead uh, early in games a lot. So I, I wonder I wonder how that plays out next year. He's still a very solid running back. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to be RB4 again.
0: Yeah, I just want to rejoice with all the truthers for Joe Mixon. Everyone loved to hate Joe Mixon for, it seems like, the last two years. Everyone says he's injury prone. He's an underachiever, all this. In case you didn't know, Joe Mixon has only missed 14 games in their NFL career before this year. Right, and ten of them were in uh, 2020. So they've played. This is their fifth year. They did sit out Week 17 with the rest of Cincinnati this year. So I'm not counting that. But
1: yeah, I yeah I don't, I don't count that. And his stats weren't bad for 16 games. Um, definitely not. And, and and to be funny, it's funny though because every single Bengals player won their respective owners of championship because of the absolute outburst that they had against the the Ravens.
0: Mm, yeah, if if you could get by Ja'Mar Chase's bad week 15 in the semis. Or sorry, week 16, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yes, uh Cincinnati especially in the championship weekend, was dynamite. So I mean, I yeah, like
1: I I, I feel like Joe Mixon's obviously, you know, he's one of the top running backs uh in fantasy cause especially because he has such a high volume. Um and I feel like he so he only had 48 targets. I feel like that's actually it's not a bad number for running backs, but I feel like it could be more next year too um, with Zoma possibly leaving in free agency. And I feel like you could see some of those t- touchdowns that went to went to those players. You know, Maybe they go to Joe Mixon now. Uh, so maybe he even has more of a, a touchdown potential through the air and on the ground.
0: Yeah, you keyed on something that's important to me, volume. Joe Mixon has enormous volume. Joe Mixon was... Third in the NFL in rushing attempts. He had 292 rushing attempts. Johnson Taylor at 317. Najee had 296. So barely behind the leaders. The target volume is good. Like you said, hopefully it gets better. And in order for them to repeat as a top five running back, I think think it has to. But um, between the volume and just the fact that they're on a really good offense, I think Joe Mixon – is a really solid RB1 in Dynasty. Also, Joe Mixon is really young. Joe Mixon is going into their sixth season, and they don't turn 26 until July of 2022. So, you know, you still have a few more years. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of shred on
1: those tires either because he didn't really get used all that often in college. He had that off the off-the-field issues in college. So, yeah. you know, you're you're not looking at somebody who, you know, like, like – uh jonathan taylor was abused in college and uh so um and we'll get into joe Jonathan taylor he's jonathan taylor's like the one number one running back in fantasy still but he does have a lot of trend on those tires and that kind of worries me a little bit but um yeah. but we'll get into that next week um and yeah so joe mixon I, you know i think he's in that rb1 tier potentially low low rb1 high rb2 tier um and he should be an RB1 as long as he keeps that volume, to be fair. so. Uh, but let's go into Jamar Chase uh, in the the wide receiver core. Um, so Before
0: you jump into receivers, I do want to mention Chris Evans. Uh, Chris Evans is a second-year player. Um, just an interesting bottom-of-the-bench player for me. Uh, good pass catcher. Shouldn't cost you anything, really. Probably can pick him up in waivers in a lot of leagues. I have have him on taxi squads in a lot of spots just because I think they can develop to be a solid PPR running back at some point. Yeah, I mean, if you have the space on your taxi squad, obviously you can throw him on there uh, if he's available.
1: Yeah. That's it. I yeah, I mean, he, has the, he just has that potential, right? So definitely a good stash. But yeah, moving on to Jamar Chase. So he was wide receiver five this year, 128 targets, 81 receptions, 13 touchdowns. That touchdown number is high. Uh, I, I definitely, definitely see touchdown regression in year two. But that, how, how much does that change your tier for him? Even if he regresses to, let's say, six touchdowns?
0: With Chase, you got to hope. I agree. I think the efficiency with touchdowns is a little unsustainable. A lot of long touchdowns. I think you have to hope that they get a little more volume. 128 is in a ton of targets for a superstar wide receiver. That is going to be limited, right? Because they have three good receivers. It's not like Devontae Adams, who's the only receiver that, you know, is anywhere close to their talent, right? See, against Tyler are really solid. So I don't think Jamar Chase is going to have the 150, 160 target seasons for the foreseeable future, at least until one of those two move on. But for me, I mean, Jamar Chase, just the talent, my God, it just jumps off the page for me. It's amazing to watch. For yeah. me, like, they're so young. I think the question with Jamar Chase is less about their touchdowns, is more is are they the dynasty 101 or, correction, dynasty, you know, wide receiver one? Are they the first receiver off the board? I think it's still Justin Jefferson, just based off of
1: uh, the amount of targets he'll see, uh, because T. Higgins and Tyler Ward, I feel like they can re sign both of those guys, honestly. Um, and I I think these these three guys are going to be there for the long term, and I think you can look at the at the bing, uh, the um, Broncos as a like means of that of that happening because they they signed all their guys there and they have a really good receiving core as well. So I think you could absolutely see all three of these guys being around long term. And if the rec- the TDs touchdowns go back down uh, to to an average value, um, then you're seeing he'll, he'll probably be around around that like what wide receiver 25. Uh, which is still really good, and my math might be off on that slightly, but but yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're kind of hoping that those TDs stay relatively high with the you know, amount of targets he currently has, and I think he's going to go up in targets, but I do think it's going to kind of stay right around that one hundred thirty mark, just because he is he's competing with other really really good targets, uh, and and that offense they can go just any week they could go to T Higgins, they could go to Tyler Boyd, they could go to Jamar Chase, you know, it just it just depends. Yeah, I agree um, with your
0: analysis, but I do I do disagree with your math. I do not think Jamar Chase is gonna be in the twenties uh for fantasy production with you know without an injury. I, I see Chase more like wide receiver eight to ten. Um in the years they don't have huge touchdown numbers. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean that's I what I'm Artis trying to say 1455 really Broke the yeah. record for receiving.
1: Yeah. So what I was just more trying to say is just that you know, with, if you go from 13 touchdowns to six, for example, you know, that's, that's 35 points. That's going to be roughly, you know, what, two points a game. So it's not a huge number, but at the same time, that could knock you down a, a tier. Jamar Chase is still high and above one of the top in, the, in that wide receiver one tier. T. Higgins, uh, what Tyler Boyd. Uh so Tyler Boyd's gonna be the I was actually really high on Tyler Boyd before they drafted Jamar Chase, and then I kinda had to bump down pretty good uh after that. And uh he's still average receiver, you know, wide receiver thirty one. T. Higgins was wide receiver twenty four. But again, with both of these guys, it's just the Jamar Chase took a lot of those targets that they would have normally seen. So
0: yeah, they're they're vastly different in acquisition cost. So sleeper ADP has Tiggins as the 14th wide receiver off the board, Boyd is 49th. Um, is T Higgins? That seems a little high for me. I think T Higgins yeah. is a great, great talent, but the volume, I don't see it.
1: You're hoping that Boyd leaves. If you're if you're getting T Higgins for that value, you're hoping Boyd leaves. Boyd isn't leaving though. I don't Boyd think he's Boyd either has that's two a two yeah. years
0: left on the deal.
1: Yeah, and yeah. So there's that's what I'm saying, right? Is that Boyd, he's not going anywhere. So, you know, if you're gonna pick up Higgins for a wide receiver fourteen value, you're probably not gonna get that value back. Because I mean there's like so you say he has 110 targets, which how many more targets are you gonna see in this offense realistically? If they let's say they have a, a, a bad year next year and they're throwing the ball all over the place, then yeah, maybe you get that value back. But I don't but I
0: don't I just don't see the Bengals regressing that much. For T Higgins is six four like 215, 220, only six touchdowns uh, in both their seasons in the NFL. It's weird to me that they're not more of a red zone target. That's that's where I would see uh, T. Higgins being you know, high, high-end wide receiver, too valuable like they were being drafted because I agree, the targets just aren't there. We have three really good receivers, and Burrow can only throw the ball so many times. Uh, You do have to run the ball sometimes. So unless Higgins gets, right, that's what happened with Chase, right? 13 touchdowns this season. That's why he's wide receiver five. If Higgins can have better uh, touchdown success, I think they can push for near wide receiver one numbers. Without it, I doubt it. I, I like Boyd personally, wide receiver 49. You just said, right, wide receiver 31 on the year. Give me Boyd. That's an easy buy. You should be able to buy Boyd for for pennies. They yeah. only just turned 27. They have two more years in Cincy. They should have two more really good mid-wide receiver uh, three numbers. He is a very, very good slot receiver.
1: And I, I think he's underrated for what he brings to the slot. But, you know, the receivers, there's one thing to mention here, too, is, you know, what if they get a tight end? Because uh, CJ Uzuma is a free agent and I don't think they're going to spend big money but what if they get a you know a sneaky good tight end in free agency that can that's a red zone threat for their offense I think that could be a potential not negative for their offense in general but for fantasy
0: yes yes I think that would hurt all of them Uh also this year I really like the tight ends in the draft there's a lot of good players now if you do go that route usually it's it's not going to it's, an, it's uh, usually not an instant. Exactly. Usually you're, you're looking at least a year, probably two before they're going to be highly productive. Uh, so if that happens, you know, that uh, would be, wouldn't be would be as bad for the uh, wide receiver owners in Cincy. But I think if they do bring in a tight end, it would hurt Boyd the most. Slot receivers and tight ends tend to have a lot of overlap in their targets, whereas the outside wide receivers, not quite as much. But yeah, it, it would hurt all parties in terms of their target share if you added a a really solid tight end. Hurts the
1: tight end, the touchdowns more than the targets, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, that too. That too. But I mean, honestly, the three of them aren't huge red zone targets. Chase has a lot of touchdowns, but that's PC's running down the field for seventy five yards every time. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it, it really is insane how how productive he is as a long receiver he might be he might be challenging Tyreek Hill as the best like deep touchdown threat in the nfl he's he's an analytics breaker that's for sure certainly anything else you want to cover for the bengals uh, we can mention their draft picks they have all their picks they have a projected fourth round comp so they're they're going to be picking late in the first round so where they go I'm hoping offensive line, just because their offensive line is not good. Honestly, it held up a lot better than I expected this season, but to continue to hope that a mediocre offensive line, or really a bad one, plays mediocre, uh, it's a bad plan. Protect Joe Burrow, please. The man's a superstar. Protect him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like they have to go offensive line, especially in the first round. Uh, it's a decent tackle class, especially uh, it's a, it's mostly top heavy, but I think they might be able to get somebody the falls, um, but we'll see what happens. It depends on two where they draft, right? Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Steelers, I think this is actually probably the most interesting team in the division. Um, Fantasy wise, the offensive line is terrible. They don't have a quarterback. So what happens? What happens here? Big Ben's, Done. Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer. Mason Rudolph's not the answer. Who do they who start week one?
0: Kenny Pickett. That's uh, that's my guess. No, I, I, I think it's very likely they draft a quarterback. Just because the quarterbacks in this class aren't superstars, there may not even be one taken in the top ten. Unlikely, just because of the way quarterbacks are valued. But they've shown in the past they're going to trade up to get the player they want. They did that for Devin Bush a few years ago. Um, I definitely could see them trading up. It wouldn't have to be that high to go grab Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. I would love one of those two. I do think it's possible they could go to the free agent market. They could get a Jimmy Garoppolo because I do believe Jimmy will be cut this year. Um, They could. It's possible they could trade, right? Everyone wants to talk about trading for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that happens. Um, Pittsburgh has had, you know, some reports come out that they're more interested in going through the draft, or at least a free agent, that they don't have to send draft capital away or players away for that.
1: I think I think the Steelers are going to be just a massive rebuild. I I have this sneaky feeling, and I'm not based. This is not based off of anything that's like actually gone out there, but I wonder how long. Mike Tomlin stays there. So I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to stick around for a full rebuild. You know what I mean? And I just don't see what what they're currently like, unless they just get a home run pick with, with this quarterback class, which I don't, I don't know if I see that happening because I, I just don't like any of the quarterbacks really in this class. I don't think any of them are like guaranteed superstars.
0: And I don't, I just don't, there's so many other holes for this team. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't agree. One, I do think Kenny Pickett is going to be a great NFL quarterback, assuming they land in a functional organization. That's a big thing with these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if they go to New York, if they go to the Giants, I mean, God help them. The Giants are just career killers for so many players and coaches. So, Pickett, I mean, the, the easy connection is he played at Pitt, he played probably 20 minutes from Pittsburgh Stadium in college. But they're, I think Pickett's floor, if they go to a competent organization, is Jimmy Garoppolo. You put, right? I just said how I would like to see Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. Uh, I think this, the Steelers are like a tier one organization. There are a lot of really dysfunctional franchises in the NFL. The Steelers are a very high-functioning one. So I see... If they do a rebuild, I think it's going to be a lot more like New England's rebuild, where they had one less than 500 season and they were back in the playoffs next year. Right. Look, I mean, Tomlin, to, to get this team into the playoffs this season. Well, that's can, what I'm saying, though. Is, he's coaching the year for me. Tomlin, if Tomlin can get
1: this team to the playoffs with the terrible offensive line and the aging quarterback and the defense really like honestly it wasn't that great like it was good but it wasn't elite no it was not elite so so that's what i'm saying though is like what it, so if so tomlin decides to hang it up and maybe take a couple years off or go somewhere else what does this team look like cuz they don't have like they don't have like a ton of draft capital cuz they need whole they have holes all over the offensive line um they have holes in the secondary They need a quarterback, obviously. So, like you know, I just don't, I don't, I just don't know how they really can get the best out of their players at this point. Because I mean, if you go quarterback with first round, then you're abandoning the offensive line for another year, unless you sign a bunch of guys in free agency.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. So if Tomlin leaves, I'm I'm terrified of just about every person I have in fantasy from the Steelers. I'm hoping that they leave via free agency. Honestly, I do not think Tomlin will leave. Still a very young coach, I I don't know the guy, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you know what likelihood it is they leave or not, but yeah I don't
1: I, I don't know if it's like entirely likely. It's just it's just some feeling I have in the back of my head, like that I'm like man you know I, if they have a couple bad seasons or even a bad season, you know the Steelers aren't an organization that's just gonna go fire him, but but maybe he maybe he gets like a job like what if a job comes up with like a really good situation from like somebody retiring or Somebody has a young quarterback that they just fired their coach, and like, are like, "Hey, Tomlin, comes, we can, we're offering you this great job, and you know, stuff like that." So, yeah, I mean, I just think that there's a potential there for that to to affect it. But yeah, I mean, nothing really else to discuss on the quarterback. They need to draft one, obviously, and then so Najee Harris, he was the running back three this year, twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns. He had. The offensive line needs to improve for him to reach his full potential. Um, I feel like he had a lot of targets, 94 targets, 74 receptions. So that is actually the big reason why he finished his RB3. he I, I feel like he can get more touchdowns next season if the offensive line improves. But again, where do they go? Do they, do they actually address that issue, or do they go quarterback?
0: Yeah, volume... Is, is the thing with Najee. They had the most rushes and targets in the NFL. I agree that that passing game is what buoyed them so much. Najee's going as RB2 right now on sleeper and startups. That's, that's way too high for me. Like, I really do like Najee, but like you said, they have an, a bad offensive line. And the quarterback's a question mark. They're an old rookie. They turned 24 in March. They're they're much older than most rookies. Or I guess the season's over now, so we can call him second-year player. But I I'm taking them in the probably the back of RB one. I my rankings aren't totally done yet. It's we're still in review of the season, but I don't know RB eight, RB ten, something like that. I
1: don't think his his volume's going anywhere though. So so there's so you're not going to lose any volume from him.
0: Um, I think we're going to lose a passing, but I think you're going to see fan, more touchdowns. Right? You see that all the time with these old quarterbacks, right? We saw it with um, with Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers made Na- Naeem Hines a fantasy asset, right? Because it's just checked down Charlie. I don't. I mean, maybe, but I'm not counting on 74 catches from Najee Harris. So if you take away 20. 30 catches they're that's where they are they're back in rb1 the offensive line is terrible
1: i think you'll see more touchdowns though he's not like a he's not like a small back so so you'll see more touchdowns just inevitably they had a lot of goal line
0: stops because of how bad that offensive line was are you uh are you buying the rb2 overall in dynasty i'd say he's like probably rb5 okay so we're kind of you know Start You're just the, the difference between me and the community. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm selling them for RB2. Are you kidding? Let me tear down and grab a pick. Let me just trade uh, Najee for J.K. Dobbins, for Austin Eckler, for Nick Chubb, yeah. and, and grab your first.
1: I feel like J.K. Dobbins is going to be one of the biggest sleepers this season, and we'll talk about J.K. Dobbins a lot more, but basically, like, if you could buy JK Dobbins for like, let's say like you can get JK Dobbins for a first and then Najee, I think that could be one of the biggest positive trades you can get. Um, because, and I think you might even be able to get more. Um, sorry,
0: can you say that again? What's the trade?
1: Najee for JK and a first.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was saying. That's that's yeah. exactly what the trade I want. Now, so JK is we kind of just came out about this organically. We're trying to talk about Pittsburgh, but here we are. Uh, So JK is RB 14 in startup in ADP. And that's a first from second to 14. That's, that's totally doable. So I'm, I'm definitely on the JK side, especially if I can grab a 23 first.
1: Yeah, because you're with, with Najee, right. The offensive line is a big question. And the targets were super high, so those should go back to like let's say even sixty. You know that's a huge, 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 huge change. So that that probably bumps them down to the low RB one tier. So you know that's. I do think the touchdowns will go up, which will offset some of that, but at the same time, probably won't offset all of it. Other than that, though, I don't really have anything else for Najee. Is there any other running back that could steal touches from him next year?
0: No. I don't think so either. (laughs) This is the I don't think they
1: draft one either because they don't have enough they don't they haven't too many holes to to draft on just some random running back. So
0: yeah, I mean I think they go, you know, with a day three running back, maybe undrafted free agent. But the only the only reason you would have a non-Najee running back for Pittsburgh on your dynasty team is in case Najee gets hurt. Because Najee Harris gets one of the highest percentage of Workload for the entire for their team in the NFL. That's that's Pittsburgh's mo. They've done it. They did it with on Bell. They did it with James Conner. Yeah, they'll they'll that's, run you. That's, they'll run that's you into the ground until they don't have to pay you, and then they'll move on to the next guy. Yeah, and I mean that's that's one of the reasons we really love Najee Harris is the insane volume, number one rushing and targets in the league. I'm I love Najee Harris as a player. Please do not think I'm saying otherwise the the issue is for me is i see rb2 and i'm i'm thinking rb7 rb10 you know i see value there that's that's just a value gap for me that i want to exploit and so thinking about that value gap so we've got into a discussion about this the other
1: day um deontay johnson i feel like he is at peak value and you should sell him now and you disagree with me so i'll I'll let you start because i don't that's literally the only thing I have about him. It's just that like the value is too high for where I see him.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm happy that uh, this episode has come up because we got into it a little bit. We're <laughs> getting a little passionate. We went into the late hours in the night, but um, so Deontay Johnson, incredible volume, 169 targets this year. They're doing, they're 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 producing in fantasy with Big Ben. At this time, big Ben's a hall of famer and maybe even a first ballot. I'm not knocking big Ben as a player. I'm just saying at this point of their career, big Ben is one of the worst quarterbacks starting quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: That was part of the reason though, that he had so many targets because big Ben and the other guys on the roster could not throw it deep to try to like stretch the field with Claypool. So my thing is, so Deontay Johnson, right? So he got 169 targets, which you look at that number and you're saying, okay, that is a fantastic volume. I really want that, right? I So looking at the value, like how many, so he played 16 games. So over 16 games, the highest was, I think it was like 204. That was the record. But the top 25th was 179. So and only a couple people had multiple seasons of even close to those numbers. So you're seeing you're seeing the peak value in terms of targets right now. So what I'm saying is that you should sell that because you're never going to see those that that amount of targets ever again. So we had 169 targets but we only caught 107. So you could you'll probably see maybe with a better quarterback you'll see that number go the that catch percentage go up. But at the same time if you don't well then the target number goes down, so does the, the the reception value, so does the the yards value, and so does the touchdowns. So I like Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver 2. I do not like him as a wide receiver 8.
0: Yeah. Well, the good thing is is you don't have to pay that. Um, he's only wide receiver 12 in in sleeper to ADP. So that, that's – I think that's appropriate. So you're right. Target volume is crazy high. Only one player in the NFL had more targets this season. That's Cooper Cup, obviously. Now the thing for me is is the the catch percentage. Now everyone was going to say De- uh, Deontay Dropuson, you know, talk about the drops. They do have a problem with drops, but it's a small one. I, I it doesn't worry me. Now I think the target or the catch percentage per target which is only 63%, which is incredibly low compared to these high-target players. Uh, for example, Devontae Adams has a 72%, same amount of targets. Cooper Cup 75 Tyree Kill, 69%. Uh, so it's a low target percentage or, sorry, catch percentage per target. I think when they get a better quarterback, you're going to get more efficiency with those targets. So you can lose 20 targets and still have similar numbers. Touchdowns is only eight. It's not too high. So for me, I see Deontay being valuable, like highly valuable. Like you said, you've got wide receiver two. All right, I see them as Robert Woods, a younger Robert Woods pre-injury. So we're saying... You know, wide receiver 11, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 15, wide receiver 10. You know, those are the next four years or so I see for Deontay Johnson. They're, they're turning 26 this July, so they're still young. they got plenty of time in terms of their productivity. I'm I'm hoping, right, we get a, a competent quarterback in Pittsburgh, and we're going to rely on volume, and we're going to – I mean, Deontay Johnson's a very good receiver outside of the drop issues they're one of the better young receivers in the nfl
1: i i don't see i don't see the drop rate is is like the it's the fourth highest in the league so you're hoping that that doesn't affect his you're hoping that he keeps these super high target share
0: which is just not realistic i I, why would it change that's the thing for me he's playing in an offense with the most high volume running back in the nfl in a bad quarterback yet he gets insane volume like how could he have a worse situation? Bad quarterback, amazing running back, high volume running back. What what could possibly be a worse situation? I don't so
1: my th- I don't I don't think it's gonna be a worse situation. I just don't think he's gonna get the targets again. It's just you're gonna see him crash back on earth because he's not like the he's not the elite tier of running of wide receivers. So I just don't see the that target number staying that high. And if you go tr- go down 20, 25 targets, then that puts you at a lower tier than I think you will see. And I and I think the eight touchdowns
0: is also a little bit uh, higher than what people should expect. That That's why I'm hoping the better quarterback play yields uh, a better catch percentage. Because I do think at 169 targets is, is insane. That's a huge volume. So it, it would rely on less target or sorry a higher catch percentage because I do think that's going to I 20 targets yeah I, I'd say that's probably fair I think they're going to lose 20 targets next season
1: so other than that though chase Claypool. so he's the other big target left cuz Juju's leaving I don't think there's any situation where Juju stays cuz he's hurt most of the season so what, what I don't even know what they're going to pay him and no I think they're going to tag him yeah Juju no. gone Chase but Claypool. you 37 and then yeah I, I mean Juju leaving helps them but the thing is At Juju was gone three. most of the season anyway so
0: well that's the thing it helps all three right Deontay Johnson part of the reason they were able to get such credible volume is because uh Juju wasn't around like right Deontay Johnson last season when all three were playing was wide receiver 21 so I think it helps everyone but with Claypool Claypool you're you're completely right about the deep threat and I think that's prob the problem so they had 11 touchdowns last year they had two this year they're OTD, their projection to score touchdowns, this is Mike Clay's uh, statistic, was six. So that's four more in touchdowns, right? Four more touchdowns takes them from wide receiver 37. I, I'm sorry, I didn't do the math. But right, what, what does 24 points do for them? That's significant. So yeah. for me, right, wide receiver 29 is their uh, ADP. I'm buying Glaypool. Very talented. I honestly would argue Claypool is even ta- more talented than Deontay Johnson. So you're not a big fan of of Deontay Johnson, right?
1: I'm not a big fan of anybody in Pittsburgh, to be clear. Really? So I mean, I no, don't Najee, like Claypool. I either. like Najee, but I don't like Najee at the value that he has. But yeah, I don't. I just don't see because I mean, with Claypool and Deontay Johnson, right? You're you're hoping for better quarterback play. I just don't know if this draft class is going to provide that. I think this draft class is just too average to say like with a guarantee like, oh, this guy's gonna be better than like significantly better than than what they had before. And and my the thing too is just like so yeah, the offensive line caused a lot of the issues and made them do these a lot of the dump offs that they did. I don't know. I just I, I don't see them being better offensively this, this coming year. And I, I don't know because they're losing a lot. They're losing Juju, they're losing Eric Ebron. they're losing Trey Turner. And they're losing James Washington. Well, James Washington is not really a big loss, but I do think that is a factor, right? And I feel like they're going to draft a wide receiver because they, they always do that, right? They'll draft a guy to replace the guys that they're losing. And they're one of the best teams in the league at drafting wide receivers. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm I'm pumping the brakes on Pittsburgh. That's, that's really all I'm saying.
0: It's funny. Uh, you're, you're selling and I'm buying every, (laughs) we're completely opposite on all these, these receivers. Um, I think Juju is probably the biggest buy, though. Juju is Juju turns 20, uh, just turned 25 this past November.
1: Yeah. I think it depends on where he goes. And I, and I would, I yes, would assume, he's not, the, I don't know if he's going to have this huge market. Um, I, I think he's going to demand more money than he's actually going to get, which could help him honestly, because I think he'll go to a better situation for end up going to a better situation for less money. And, and then he'll, he'll probably resign after that. Um, I think you can get Juju right now for cheaper and then sell him for more after the season.
0: Yeah. Post free agency. Yeah. That's the wide receiver 38 in startup wide receiver 38 as a young wide receiver. That's so honestly, I think Juju is a, is a case study for me for players in terms of selling Juju was arguably the dynasty wide receiver one only a few seasons ago. They were certainly a top five. Honestly, this is kind of the point for for selling Najee. When you have a player that's at their peak value, right? Najee Harris is you not going to be about
1: Deontay Johnson as well, too. By the way,
0: this is true. You're right. I, you know, you're going to use my arguments against me, but right. So Najee, we'll we'll stop talking about Najee. I think Juju is going to go to a good landing spot. Buffalo, Atlanta. Chargers to replace Williams, KC, Green Bay, assuming Rodgers actually stays. Right, right, they've needed a second receiver forever. Tampa Bay, replace Godwin. I those think there are depends a lot of the, really good landing spots.
1: I think it depends on how you're looking at him because I think you're looking at him more as an outside receiver, but he's a slot. He's a big slot. 100%. So.
0: Yeah, he's a complimentary receiver. That's why I want to go to one of those places because you have well Calvin um,
1: Ridley's going to be gone so in Atlanta you're looking at the number one receiver
0: yeah that's it, true it, it, you that's know true. you do have pits but but yeah maybe Atlanta's a bad location actually because Ridley is is probably leaving but fine take that one out but yeah there's a lot of good situations there right place. there's five landing spots that are really yeah. really good and they need a receiver so if juju lands in any of those places he's a wide receiver too next year May you know it could be a high wide receiver two, potentially push for wide receiver one numbers. So to me, if I'm buying them at a wide receiver 38 right now, player that just turned 25, that's that's a huge value to me because their their value is probably not going down, but they have a chance to go very high up. So I'm going, I'm gonna be aggressive to go get Juju. And when I say aggressive, you can get Juju for a mid to late second round pick this draft, I would think.
1: Yeah, I uh, yeah. So I agree. It just depends on landing spot with Juju. I think we should move on to the tight ends, though. We're kind of beating the dead horse here on the wide receivers. Uh, we're hoping for landing spot for Juju, and we're we're hoping that or you're hoping that Deontay and Chase both uh, maintain the same level of pace that they had before. Better quarterback uh, play. That's and better quarterback play. Yeah. So, uh, but Pat Fryermuth. He's going to the 2020s lead tight end of Pittsburgh. He actually didn't have that high of a, a snap percentage most of his rookie year, so he was tight in 13, 79 targets. You could see that number go up though because of Eric Ebron leaving, and and you'll know, we'll kind of see. And that's the thing with with rookie tight ends, especially is you know it's it's hard to judge rookie tight ends. So I think Farneuth has a ton of potential, and he's actually one of my few. Buy if you can get him for the right price in Pittsburgh. Because I don't think I, – I think his price is going to be too high right now because people are going to be looking at that rookie year and they're thinking they have a superstar tight end on their hands. It's high. So I don't know if you can get him for cheap, but if you
0: can, obviously do it.
1: But I don't <laughs> think
0: you will. Yeah, Friar is tight end eight right now in startup on Sleeper. Um, I do want to do a victory lap because – Everyone was screaming about Pitts last year, and I was just saying, get Firemouth." Not that Friarmouth is a better player, because they're not. Pitts is, Pitts is an a, a absolute superstar. My point is, is value wise, you should be going after, you should have been going after Firemouth just because what Pitts costs to acquire. I yeah, I prefer. I. I just like.
1: I, I. We talked about this the other day on our last podcast. Is the tight end position is so valuable that I would have taken Pitts, and then you're hoping with that price on Fryermuth that he ends up being that superstar. And you're right that the value that you were buying Fryermuth for the last draft was not that high. It was. It was a. Re- it was a very reasonable, um, price. And so, but you missed it, you missed it. So at this point, you know you're maybe you're probably not selling, but I mean you're holding if you have them and then trying to buy them if you if you can get them cheap, but I don't think you will.
0: Well, you can't get them cheap by any from any owner that knows what they're doing but so really, this is a question of like your approach. how do you how do you dynasty? So for me, right, in order to get pits, last year at minimum it was what it was 103 and or uh, Superflex, sorry uh that was non superflex and super flex at least you're gonna have to have paid 105 106 you're gonna have to pass on one of these quarterbacks or you're gonna have to pass on Najee harris or jamar chase to me give me jamar chase give me Najee harris i would much prefer them that That's way in the- premium no yep and tight end
1: premium, you're gonna get I'm gonna swing on Kyle Pitts all the time because I have a bona fide superstar at tight end for the next 15 years, maybe 10. 10, probably more realistic to say 10. But
0: so in, still, a, in a world where trading is not an option, I agree with you, but the value is Jamar Chase and Najee Harris, because I can sell them for more than I can sell Kyle Pitts. And that and so Farmouth. Which I was getting in tight end premium leagues in the late third all over the place. I can now sell for a first round pick plus. I can pair them with a first round pick and go and get Mark Andrews. That's 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 my whole point about value. I can pair a late third round pick from last year and a first to go get Mark Andrews and a tight end. Absolutely not. I would not even I would
1: I don't know. I but I feel like if you're if you have one of those top tier tight ends, you if you're selling them for Pratt Firemuth and a third round pick, it's happening out
0: there. I was just offered a 2024 first in a okay. Superflex Titan Premium League for Firemuth, and I declined it. I didn't even counter because he he's ve- he's so well. Ve- he's tight end eight. He's just on. He's in that second tier because. For me, tight ends Well, yeah, I would it. keep
1: Friermuth. You're saying it was a 2024 first for Friermuth,
0: right? That's my point. I paid a lot. I oh, paid yeah. third last year, and they're worth more than a first for me. That's yeah. That's a, tight ends.
1: Tight ends have such high value. I don't understand why. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though it's like what, like I don't know. I, I feel like Kyle Pitts is going to have significantly longer term value than than Friermuth ever will.
0: Let's but, not get too much into the weeds. I agree with that point. Kyle Pitts is a much better uh, tight end than Pratt Firemouth. Do not get me <laughs> confused on that. Yeah, But to focus back on Firemouth, they're very talented. They're a big tight end. They're athletic. Uh, great red zone target. I I've really like them. I'm assuming, question. right, with the rest of these players in uh, Pittsburgh, I'm assuming they're going to get better quarterback play. That's going to take them from tight end 13 in a – in a in a tight end by committee situation, I I see them being a a good tight end one going forward, and as they progress, they could be a superstar.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, how, yeah. How I how wouldn't sell them. This, I would I not know. sell them. If you're if you have uh, Pratt Farmith, I wouldn't sell them. Mostly okay. just because even if you do get a first round value for it, and and somebody's if somebody's paying that, you know that's. And that's that's a good price for him it's probably not gonna go that much higher to be to be completely fair but at the same time it could uh and i'm I would bank on that potential way more than i would bank on the for the pick because tight ends are such a a premium so yeah so let's move on to the browns um so you know they have just as many questions as the Steelers do offensively Baker Mayfield you know he's injured most of twenty twenty one he was so a lot of people are questioning, like, okay, well, so how much does that injury actually play into his awful play on the field? He's, he's on the hot seat for 2022. You know, who knows if they keep him going forward. This season, he was quarterback 25, 3,010 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks. I don't know what to think about Baker Mayfield. Um, I thought he was going to be a lot better coming out of college, but he has not performed well. He's, his accuracy is the big thing for me. Like, what happened to his accuracy? That was going to be, I thought that was going to be his strength coming out of college. And he is not that accurate. Like, for some reason, he's just not doing it anymore.
0: Yeah, Baker, so sad, right? They had 101 and an amazing draft. They could have gotten Josh Allen, they could have gotten Lamar Jackson, they took Baker. This is their worst season, fantasy wise, of their career. Uh, they did pick up the fifth year option. So Baker's going to be there next year for sure. But do they re sign them? I wouldn't. There were they're QB twenty-four right now in ADP. I don't want Baker Mayfield. If someone can if you can find the Browns fan in your league that still believes in Baker. If you can find anyone that believes in Baker, sell them. I don't want Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. I don't know what the problem is. Are they too short and they can't see over the line? I don't know. But Baker's not the answer. It's a really good team. And Baker's running their chances to win playoff games. I think Stefanski should be on the hot seat as well.
1: Yeah. He he did the same thing with Stefan Diggs in Minnesota that he did with uh, like when OBJ and Stefan Diggs are not the same player by any means, but at the same time, he also made Stefan Diggs look entirely average until he left Minnesota. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> so in, so another aspect of this too. The play calling actually also cost them multiple games that, that could have put them into the playoffs. Nick Chubb had five point five two yards per carry, and he had he had multiple games where he didn't touch the ball for like extended periods of time. Brutal, brutal coaching to not give your best player as many touches as you possibly can with your team in the playoff front.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Nick Chubb, for me, is on a very, very short list of the best running back in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying for fantasy, but in terms of if I'm a GM and I'm constructing my roster and salary cap is not an issue, Nick Chubb is one of the first phone calls I'm making to fix my running back situation. He's an absolute star. Oh, by the way, their backup is a former uh, 26-year-old russian champion in kareem hunt so yeah for me if i'm coaching that team i'm running 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 the ball
1: i mean kareem didn't have a bad yards per carry either i think it was like right around five so
0: yeah i mean um, they're they're (laughs) absolute studs so why are they not run the ball
1: you should be running the ball 40 times like just look at the the 49ers and say we're gonna do exactly what the 49ers do and throw the ball six times a game and just hope and pray that our running game just goes off
0: because I mean it will eventually. It will. It. That's the other thing. Their third running back is pretty good too. Jarius Johnson has a re, is very been very efficient. Yeah. Every Three turn, of the four right? games he
1: had over a fifty five percent snap percentage, he scored twenty points.
0: Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> They've got this stable of running backs. But let's let's break them down. Let's break them down. So Chubbs the stud fantasy yep. wise, right? Yep. But limited limited passing game.
1: Limited well limited passing game partially because of the backup. Yeah, uh, because they run the, the committee.
0: Limited uh, everything really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, if you could give me Nick Chubb without Kareem Hunt, without Dearness Johnson, he'd be fantasy wider receiver or running back one or two. Um, if you could promise me that he was not gonna be in a committee, Kareem Hunt's gonna be there long term. So uh or at least short term I guess uh, he signed that contract extension uh, so then he's also running back 48 he played 8 games this season he's still a top tier backup he is elite in the passing game he is uh very good on the ground as well i think this is actually a funny stat so he had more targets than Nick Chubb and he played like 5 or 6 games less than yeah. Nick Chubb so <laughs> that's how they why use <laughs> why do you not give Nick Chubb more targets i don't understand it but and then yeah the last guy is jernis johnson who is i think he's going to be one of the biggest names in free agency in terms of fantasy i think every single fantasy owner that has jernis johnson should be hoping and praying that he goes to a really really good situation because he will be a superstar if he goes to one of those good situations
0: could you name a good situation or two first us? Miami. Yeah, I, 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 that was the number one on my list, too. So here's something to think about, right? Kareem Hunt is signed only through next season, though. They're they an unrestricted free agent after 22. And they have zero dead money right now. So Kareem Hunt could be a really good trade target in the NFL. So why? Because Jairus Johnson has proved they're pretty good. And you could sign Jairus Johnson for a hell of a lot less than you can Kareem Hunt. So trade Kareem Hunt, get a valuable draft pick back, and re-sign uh, Janice Johnson. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, that's a real possibility. And, I mean, if Kareem Hunt goes, gets traded to Arizona to replace uh, Edmonds and Connor, not going to get, right? is not trading for running back. Although I do think it would be a really good landing spot for a free agent, but Right. That could make Kareem Hunt incredibly valuable in fantasy. In the first yeah. six games, seventeen point four points per game. Injuries really derailed railed Kareem Hunt season, but the two the two running backs that I want to buy are Hunt and Johnson. Cause Chubb, I think, is like appropriately valued. He's a really, really good running back. He's a back end running back one. He's a really, really good running back two in fantasy. Like yeah buying for that price, you know, if you're in a championship window, of course, but in terms of like where there's a value gap that I see, I see it as cream hunt. Who's running back 31 in ADP and, and then Jarenus Johnson. That's where I'm trying to buy in this backfield. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like
1: we're spot on here and I don't think there's really, really all that much here to discuss to, uh, with the running backs because, you know, it's, it's actually a pretty set in stone backfield. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt's not going anywhere. Uh Nick Chubb's not going anywhere, excuse me. Um, Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are the two question marks. And if they do go somewhere, then Nick Chubb becomes a bona fide star at running back. Like move him up a full tier and put them in him in with Jonathan
0: Taylor, in my opinion, if yeah. if uh, those two guys leave. But do you think I highly happens, doubt that's gonna happen? Yeah. Highly doubt that happens. I agree. I think at least as long as Stefanski's running the show, they're going to have a committee style approach. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do agree. So moving right. on to the receivers,
1: uh Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins. Those are the three probably big names there. And I this whole offense was bad this past year. So, you know, yeah. I don't know how much to read into the to this stat these stats right Jarvis Landry was wide receiver 54 Donovan Peoples-Jones was wide receiver 65 and Rashard Higgins was wide receiver 114 uh Rashard Higgins is a free agent in 2022 these numbers are slightly skewed too because of OEJ being there until midseason. but even still I don't know if there's a single buy in this wide receiver room you could maybe convince me of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jarvis
0: Landry but yeah I would argue Donovan Peoples-Jones if the price is right I don't want Jarvis Landry. Jarvis had a really good career fantasy wise in, um, in Miami, but they just turned 29. Honestly, the best thing that could happen to Jarvis Landry in fantasy at least is getting cut. They only have a million and a half dollars in dead money right now. They have a big contract, so big con- uh, cap hit. So they could get cut and land on a better spot. Uh, but I don't want Jarvis Landry. Like you're. That's the ultimate death piece to wide receiver thirty three in two thousand twenty. Like that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for wide receiver thirty three. People Jones, uh, they turn they turn twenty three next month, so they're very young. They're super talented. Uh, They were in Michigan in the like you know prior to last year or this past season where Michigan was good. So like they didn't get used a lot at all they were a six-round pick is my point very late pick but they've they've flashed they've absolutely flashed um very athletic had some moments so if you can get Donald people's Jones super cheap i'm interested just because they could become a thing i'm not counting on it but if i can pay a fourth i'll do it but no i agree In, in general i'm not interested in any pass catcher? That's not a running back on Cleveland. I don't think there's really anybody there. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a good.
1: It's a good like little segue, right? Uh, you know, he's he's really good, really talented. But also, where are these targets going? Um, the the highest targets were Charles Landry at eighty-seven. Yeah, I mean, the the whole offense is just bad. Um, you know, we're going into the tight ends. So you have David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant. The highest target there is Austin Hooper with sixty-one. And then David Njoku with 53 is a free agent, and I don't like I got like we said I don't I don't know if there's anybody here to to own maybe you own Njoku and hoping he goes to a really good situation and he gets more targets there, but I don't think there's any buys in this entire back like entire receiver room, entire tight end room, and, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you if you still have Hooper, you're hoping that Baker moves on to get better quarterback play. Uh, if you have Njoku, you hope that they go to a new team and have better quarterback play. They're yeah. both still young. I mean, Njoku turns 26 this summer, and Hooper just turned 27. Like, you know, they're still young players, but and, and they're both very talented. It's just the situation's terrible. So, fantasy wise, stay away. Yeah, and then Harrison Bryant. Uh, he was actually
1: I actually had him as a pretty good buy this off season um, until kind of the because uh, I I figured Njoku would leave this off season, but I also figured that. Bryant would show out a little bit more than he did, and I I, I just don't know if that's because of maybe a lack of the actual talent that I thought was there, or if it's just the the Browns' offense just being atrocious. But yeah, I don't I don't see anybody there to buy, and you can get Bryant for pretty cheap. But I don't see any reason to pick him up at this point, unless you're just stashing him on your bench because you can't put him on the taxi squad anymore. So
0: yeah, I I think Bryant. I like their talent coming out, but um, this situation is horrible. So, like, the ultimate, ultimate stash.
1: Yeah. Other than that, though, so they do have uh, the fourth-round pick from the Lions, and they have all their other picks. So they can actually address a lot of their issues if they – I just don't know what the issues are because the team should be really good. Like, like they don't have terrible offensive line play. They don't have terrible receivers. The issue um,
0: is Baker Mayfield. I
1: think it's the coach. I think it's the coach. I
0: I don't know. Last year, right? Everyone's saying Stefanski is coach of the year. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Stefanski as a great coach. I think they're average. I think um, he's better for the defensive side of the ball.
1: I think he's, I think he helped the defense way more than he helped the offense. I think he's been completely detrimental to
0: the offense. I think until they get quarterback play, this team is going to just be a lot of hype, but no real action. And Browns fans
1: are going to listen to this and they're going to be so depressed because they finally thought they had their quarterback two years ago. And,
0: you should have taken Josh Allen. shouldn't
1: Should have just taken Josh Allen. My God, imagine this! But team to be gone. fair, to be fair though, it was it was Sam Darnold as the number one that year. So really, even you know, even if they would have gone with just like the projections, they still would have taken the wrong guy. So but, yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, quarterback, fifteen through twelve games. He had twenty one point sixteen fantasy points prior to his injury. So he's still a top quarterback options. He had a lot of turnovers though in 2022. So I'd like to see that change. And then I would like a new offensive coordinator because I feel like Greg Roman was great for Lamar Jackson two years ago when he was still like developing as a passer. But you need to see if he can throw the ball now. Um, you need to see if he's going to be able to win you games in the postseason. And I think that comes down with the with the offensive coordinator change, but I don't think they're going to do that. So, But I would like to see a change in offensive coordinator for Lamar Jackson's value.
0: Yeah, we kind of discussed Lamar earlier when we were talking about Burrow. Um so Lamar Jackson is the best rushing quarterback in NFL history. I I don't think it's a debate. You can come at me with with Michael Vick. Oh no, he's blowing um, Michael Vick out of the water. You can time. come at me with Randall yeah. Cunningham, you know, you can come at me with people, but I think Lamar Jackson has proven they are the best rushing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, in, yeah, I mean the at, stats back that up.
1: So, you know, it's you could you could say by looks, but I I would like to see Michael Vick play in today's NFL, but that's just not, that's not a thing obviously. So yeah. uh, Right.
0: Time machine would (laughs) would be lovely, but so Lamar, right. Past NFL quarterback or sorry, rushing, rushing NFL quarterback and NFL history right there immediately screams value to me. The question with Lamar is how high are you taking them? I, I have them right below Herbert Allen, and Mahomes and the question for me is do i take Dak uh Kyler Burrow or Lamar that like that's that second tier of those four like i love lamar and i'm like my god what they did in their second season fantasy and nfl wise like that's 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 what makes you just thirsty for lamar huh. what, what what do you think are are you on the same tier with me or do you have them higher? Do you have them lower? I agree with that.
1: I, I feel like they're all in their own tier right there. The issue though with Lamar, and I, this is why I'm kind of hesitant with that, is I feel like one, he's he's injury, he's an injury, going to be injury prone because he's a running quarterback in the NFL. And he hasn't shown that until this year. But I do think that as a quarterback, if you're going to be taking the hits that he takes, because he doesn't get many rough in the pastor calls because he's a running quarterback. And really he, up until this past season, he didn't really have any weapons at quarter at wide receiver to like make a decision on whether he's a capable enough passer. I would say that he has those weapons now. And I don't think it was really he. I don't think he really showed enough to prove that he had developed fully as a passer. And I think that's because of the offensive coordinator, honestly though, because I don't think the offensive is really set up to to succeed in the passing game.
0: Yeah. I think that's actually a really high level take that you're talking about with the OC. The, the point that when they were developing the NFL at first, Greg Roman was the perfect OC for them. A very rudimentary offense, a lot of running um, RPO, all shotgun work basically. Uh, But I agree for this offense to win in the postseason, he needs to be under center. He needs to be in an NFL style offense. He's running the Oklahoma offense. Like it's effective. It produces numbers. But they're not winning the important games because it's rudimentary. So I agree. Get it get a new o- OC and potentially we could see like the next evolution of Lamar, where Lamar is in that tier one. Yeah. And
1: and I think I think with Another thing to bring up too, so this is going to segue right into the running backs is, so JK Dobbins comes back, Gus Edwards comes back, and then they have all the other running backs that are the free agents that are the old guys that probably won't be there next year. But with JK Dobbins back, I can actually see Lamar Jackson being more effective because he has a better running back room around him and they can run the play action more effectively Uh, because nobody was scared of those running backs this year. So with J.K. Dobbins back, and then I'm assuming at full health, uh, because it wasn't like a terrible ACL injury that like you know could be a career killer. It was just a you know just a, your generic ACL tear. So he's going to come back in 2022 20, as the projected starter, and I don't think he's going to miss a step. I actually have J.K. Dobbins as one of the biggest buys because Gus Edwards is his contract value is going up, and he has a 2.5 million dollar dead hit cap, dead cap hit. This year. So if if you cut him, you could have J.K. Dobbins as your primary running back and move into the next season with either Tyson Williams as your primary backup or go to another guy if you don't like Tyson Williams, which I don't think they do. And then you can spend that money elsewhere, maybe not this season, but next, because um, he, he's making it was, it was 5.5 million and 6.5 million in 2022 and 2023, respectively. So maybe you keep him this year this coming year and then maybe cut him in 2023. But yeah, I mean, you, I feel like one, they're going to need to draft another running back to back up, uh, JK Dobbins eventually, uh, to replace Gus Edwards. And another interesting aspect too is, so what if Dearness Johnson goes there to back up JK Dobbins, he would be a perfect complement to JK Dobbins running style. So that would be interesting to see. Um, and I think, I think the Ravens were at their best when they had, uh, that kind of two running back offense where, you know you can have Lamar out back there with like let's say JK Dobbins and uh let's say Gus Edwards because he's the only other one on the roster right now. And I definitely could see that being effective. You can kind of do a little bit more like RPO kind of actions like that. So I think he will benefit from getting those guys back a lot. Um so I think this this year was probably an aberration for me in terms of Lamar Jackson. I mean Lamar was
0: was still effective, right? He had a couple games where he was, like, not very good. Well, sure, right? But he was still very good, right? If you had Tyler Huntley as a... And honestly, if you have Lamar Jackson, go find yourself Tyler Huntley. Have him as a handcuff. He's the only handcuff player you should have as a quarterback. But Lamar Jackson is not your normal quarterback. He, right, just because of his style of play, he... It's very reasonable to think he misses a couple games here and there, but with Dobbins I mean just compare Dobbins to what Devonte Freeman is Devonte Freeman had a really good time in Atlanta, but compare that to what the player they are right now it's a joke J k Toms is one of the best running backs to ever come out of Ohio State. by the way, Ohio State is really good at producing running backs really really good so Dobbins, I, so I don't think Edwards is going anywhere. Uh, I think that they've resigned him because they just love the fit. He's he's, I think he's the perfect complement to Dobbins because Dobbins is is very agile. He he's in a different offense. Could be an amazing pass catching weapon. And Edwards is just the ultimate hammer. He's just I'm going to run and I'm going to run straight. And good luck tackling me. That's his style, and it's effective. So I think Edwards is a, is a good handcuff to have, for for Dobbins. But Dobbins, I don't think you're going to get Dobbins very cheaply. Dobbins is going as RB fourteen right now in startup. Like I think that's totally warranted, and I would argue that they're slightly higher. But you know, you know what I mean. Like most. People that still have Dobbins are because they are holding for a reason. Like once he got hurt, that was the time to buy because those Dobbin owners that either were in a championship window and needed a piece at the moment, or if they're just like, eh, you know, if they, if they were lukewarm, they would have sold then. But if they've held this long, you know, why would they sell now? I guess is what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that yeah you know i i just really like this running back room i feel like i feel like they're at a i feel like they're at a situation where people are underestimating them i think j k dobbins could very easily be at running back one next season and i i feel like people are forgetting that
0: yeah i totally agree you know' they, they don't need a high catch volume like no. mix it right we just talked about mixing r before overall he didn't have a super high catch volume i could see. Dobbins having 35, 45 catches and right, 6.6 yards of carry as a rookie. They're super efficient this often. Not only are they super talented, Lamar Jackson makes every running back they have look way better because you have to account for them. So I see Dobbins having 12, 13, 1400 rushing yards, 10, 12 touchdowns. You're talking RB1 territory right there. So I totally see it. Yeah, and so
1: the the Ravens actually do have a lot of draft capital as well to kind of to play around and see they like do. maybe maybe they want to go like let's say because they have a, they have a first, a second, two thirds, a uh, fourths or five fourths, a sixth, and a seventh. So they could easily grab another running back in this and that that with one of those commentary compensatory picks. If
0: and, you keep talking about drafting another running back for Baltimore, I'm going to fight you jk well, dobbins no. is the guy <laughs> well
1: they i'm not saying draft a guy super high but i'm saying a guy to replace gus edwards because i think that's who they're gonna replace i, I think they're gonna replace him in the next few years
0: i think they I think absolutely will i just think probably happens next year i think they're right out edwards another year as the backup but no you're right they they will they will do that but unless they cut edwards you know why draft one this year when you could draft the same type of player next year? Is my thought because they're not going
1: to have as many compensatory picks. They could, they could trade so, one.
0: They could they could trade one of those fours sure, sure and and pick up a fourth and a fifth next year. You know, something yeah. like that. Like
1: obviously, it depends on how the draft works. Baltimore plays out too, is
0: also so. right. We didn't talk about that. Baltimore is one of the best, organ- right? i said this about Pittsburgh, but Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. I'm a New England fan. Yep. Come at me. I'm sorry. But guess what? New England in the last 25 years has, has been a great organization. Okay. But, anyways, Baltimore is right up there. Baltimore through all these years, right? They, Flacco was an average quarterback. They won circle with them. They won all those games with them. And the in those bad years when Flacco was down and then in the in between Lamar, they were still competitive. My point is they're a fantastic organization. So that kind of like benefits or boost every player for me. Cause I just have faith. They're going to do something intelligent.
1: Yeah. I, I like Baltimore a lot. I, I feel like they're, they're a really good organization as well. So moving on from the running backs though, The wide receivers, I don't know if this is like really a question mark or if they just need maybe some more talent there. So they have Hollywood Brown, they have Rashad Bateman, uh, Sammy Watkins is a free agent, and they have Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay is going to be like kind of their gadget player, kind of their all pro returner, uh, really not a fantasy asset as a receiver, though. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman, they're both, you know, solid assets and they both are solid NFL receivers, and both of them have the potential to be really, really
0: good players. Yeah, Brown for me is, um, is a big question mark. So he, once Lamar got hurt, Brown didn't have a, a touchdown. All the targets went to Andrews.
1: Yeah, and that, that's actually true for Bateman too. Bateman was a Lamar favorite before he went down. Uh, he had a lot more targets from Lamar than he did from Huntley. And then the same So with Hollywood, he had 145 targets this past year. Uh, wide receiver, 22, 91 receptions, thousand eight yards, six touchdowns. He actually had the same. He actually had a lot of drops though too, especially early in the season. You remember before Bateman came back, he he dropped
0: a few touchdowns
1: in the end zone. He did. And,
0: you know, he had a couple were that were just fifty-yard touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And but his he actually improved his target share when Rashad Bateman came into the lineup. So I think that's important to mention too is that he actually because he was receiving less coverage uh, on his good. side he was able to be more effective and get more targets. So I think he could be a buy this season if you can get him for a pretty solid price. And I think you can, because I think people are going to look at the tail end of that season and say, man, he was kind of, he was kind of rough. Like he, he wasn't, he wasn't great. Cause he had a lot of all those touchdowns pretty much came in the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah. So this is a, g- a really good question. I think so Brown, wide receiver, 26, Bateman, 31 in startup value. I want to look at them as prospects. Look at them coming out of college, pre NFL draft. Which one do you prefer? I feel like you prefer Hollywood
1: because he offers more as a as a slot slash kind of a, your short yardage situation guy, right? You're smoothing the sticks, um, and I and I feel like he's gonna. I feel like he brings more as a PPR weapon than Rashad Bateman does. But at the same time, Rashad Bateman was no prospect to sneeze at either. I wasn't super high on him coming out of college. I drafted him in fantasy leagues just because of where he was getting drafted, and I, f- I felt like that was pretty solid value there. But at the same time, and I do, but I do think that he he has a lot of potential to be a superstar in the NFL. Um, and I think he showed that when Lamar Jackson was there. He didn't have very many touchdowns. He had, and a lot of those targets, they had 67 targets. And a lot of those came with Lamar Jackson. And obviously, he missed the first part of the season. So I think I think you could buy Bateman and get, you know. But I don't know how much more you're going to get than wide receiver, thirty-one. I don't, you know, I don't. I feel like that's actually pretty solid value from where he was, where he's at right now.
0: It's funny because I I disagree. I totally would have taken Bateman. You know, based off their tape in college, it I think that's an indication of like wh- what I'm looking for for a wide receiver. I'm I'm not a fan. I sorry. I prefer the more typical receiver, the big receiver, the jump ball receiver. The that that's my f- favorite. The the very small and quick receivers aren't my thing. The Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, the Marquise Brown. Oh, you're you're saying Henry Ruggs is a
1: completely different receiver than those other types of guys. Yeah, Henry so Ruggs was more straight if you're line if then. you're
0: viewed as a speedster I'm concerned as a fantasy drafter. Um now Waddle is we touched on last week. Waddle's a superstar and I was wrong about them and I missed them in every single league because of my concern. But I'd
1: that's okay. I think you're 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 looking at the wrong part of this the stats though, because Ruggs is straight line fast, but he had almost zero ability to stop and start. Um you know, he's, he's super quick. Um, he's super fast. Uh, but at the same time he doesn't change direction. Well, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have those, like those, those stats he actually was not very good with whenever he ran those, uh, for the, for the pro days and stuff like that. So with Hollywood Brown and also Waddle, you saw that they are had they have that ability to change direction. They have that ability to start and stop and stuff like that. And that's important in route running. And, Hollywood's biggest problem is that you know he had 91 catches for 145 targets. You would like to see that catch percentage go up pretty good. I would like to see that get a lot you know I, I'd like to see him get more catches for those targets, and you like to see him not drop as many passes. But you know other than that though, I mean, yeah, you know I, I, I agree with you that Bateman is a better prospect as a Z receiver, but I don't think he's a, I don't think he's as good of a prospect in terms of just a generic offensive
0: weapon. For me, for the, for the fantasy outlook, Brown is concerning to me. So, Brown is like, I mean, before uh, Lamar went down, Marquise Brown was killing it. They were they were crushing it. Like, they're always going to be, you know, a boomer bust player. Like, they're going to have some down weeks is my point. But, like, it was a lot of up weeks early on. Um, so their their ceiling is really high like you said you're right they're they're an extremely dynamic player not only are they're fast but they're quick they can get in and out of their cuts really really well and that's valuable i just get a little weary because i think Baltimore when the when hollywood got there is the best situation they're ever going to have in their career because right 145 targets that's that's a lot of targets i don't know if I just don't see them getting a lot more targets in another place. And I don't think they resign Hollywood. I think Hollywood is like a really nice piece to an offense, but to pay good money for them doesn't make sense for me at an NFL level. So next year is their last season on contract. Well, well, actually, sorry. They're they're They are a, um, they were a first rounder, so they could pick up the fifth year. That's my concern. Who do you replace them with?
1: I mean, they... I don't think they can, is my point. Uh um, do they replace
0: him with? J- uh, Jahan Dotson. Draft Jahan S- Dotson. He's similar player, but better. I would... I feel like...
1: I, I, I would like Dotson there a lot. But at the same time, I wouldn't take... I wouldn't take that type of
0: receiver if I'm Baltimore. I want a big target for Lamar Jackson. That's what Bateman's for, and Andrews. I mean, Bateman's not 6'4". But he's think, a big dude, and he can jump, and he can catch. I think they should
1: re-sign Brown long-term, keep Bateman, and then draft another guy that they can put on the opposite side of Bateman because I think that's going to be the best-case scenario for this offense. Obviously, <laughs> what we're saying, though, is that I I think that the thing that's holding this offense back more than anything is just the offensive coordinator, not the weapons around them. But if you feel like the offensive coordinator is the answer and that he is effective at doing, at getting the most out of this offense— then you need to draft another receiver because you just weren't getting it done offensively. Because I mean, it's the running back here. All your running backs are coming back now, so you can't. You're not. You don't need a running back. You don't need a tight end. So your your answer is either okay. So well, we didn't protect well enough, which I don't think that's true, or we need more weapons. So get another weapon for for Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, if they add a receiving weapon to this offense, I would just be sad for fantasy purposes. I'm hoping that they just replace Marquise Brown, but if they resign Brown and keep another, or sorry, draft another, bring another in through free agency. Oh, yeah, that's then that's I'd just be rooms done. Right? Because you, can't, you can't take any of them. Well, I wouldn't even take any of do That takes a hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you so you lose everybody, right? Like you you take a hit on Andrews, you take a hit for Bateman, you take a hit for Brown and a take for a hit for the guy you drafted. I mean, it helps Lamar. Probably the, Yeah, it helps Lamar.
0: But everyone yeah. else, you've got I mean it's it's probably time to talk about Andrews. We're <laughs> talking a yeah. lot about some wide receiver threes right here. But Yeah. Uh, like Andrews is an st- absolute stud. Question for me is are they tied in one no. Uh, you're a pits I, I, guy. You're Pitts, right? Uh long term? No. Dynasty tied it, right? Startup draft. Who are you taking? Well, I would take I would take Pitts first if I was uh
1: if I was a taking to doing it right now. I would take Pitts one and then I would take I would consider between Kittle. I would take consider between Kittle and Kelsey still. Um and because Kelsey you know you're gonna get Elite, elite production for at least a couple more years out of him because he's obviously getting up there in age. But you're still going to get that super high value for those first couple years. So it's either so if you're looking at the startup and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to win for the first couple years, and I'm taking
0: Kelsey. Let's not drive too deep into the uh, non afc North, right? Yeah. Just yep. yet.
1: But yep. So what I'm saying—that's my question. What i versus Andrews. So yeah. So what I'm saying is that Andrews, I would I would say he's <laughs> top four, but I feel like. I feel like he he had a lot of value because of Huntley. like he and Lamar are that they like work well together, but at the same time, he had 154 targets. He,
0: most of those came without Lamar.: It's true. Uh, before Lamar's injury he had 18.8 points per game after he had 22.3. So he was more productive with Huntley. Now, 18.8 points per game for Titans is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I I do think it's very possible. Mark Andrews just had his best fantasy season ever.
1: Yeah, I I feel like you could. I feel like this is going to be the time to not sell. But I think you need to temper your expectations if you think he's going to be a tight end one long term. <laughs> um, I think he is probably. That was, it's probably going to be his best season. Um, and I think well, so one Kittle had a bad season, and Kelsey was still you know top tier wider top 10 tier
0: tight end Like <laughs> kelsey Sanders it was a bad season yeah it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah
1: so so it's just you know i feel like pitts you buy that production because he had a thousand yards this season you know that's 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 pretty impressive as a as a rookie tight end so i i think pitts is the clear class
0: yeah i i agree with that for sure um the situation i think is way better for mark andrews but with the age difference pitts is definitely the pick so the thing with andrews andrews is way older than most people realize he turns 27 in september like you feel like andrews like just broke onto the scene right but no he's he's an older player and it took him a while to really like bloom uh, as an as a fantasy asset so, I really, really like Andrews and uh, the leagues I have him in. I'm very happy with myself. But if someone's going to give, if someone values them as tight end one, please sell them. Like, please sell them for Pitts Plus. Yeah. Um, please. It, 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 otherwise, hold on to them and be happy because you're going to have one of the best tight ends for the next four to eight years because tight ends tend to have a longer career. And obviously, they're a really, really ha- you know, good target for Lamar. So yeah, we're, you know we can really find we can beat the the bush on this that, or you know try and go through a microscope. but it breaks down is Mark Andrews is an absolute stud, and they're a very, very good tight end, and there's very few that you could argue are, are more valuable in fantasy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, Other than that, though, I don't really have much else I think I want to talk about for the Ravens. Um, You know, I think they have a plenty, plenty of draft capital, so they can do pretty much whatever they want to fix any issues they might have. I think they kind of lost a lot of the games that they lost were because of the injuries that they had to both the secondary Lamar, you know, the running backs, all that stuff. So I think I think they're a team that's going to be a lot better this past this coming year than than they were this year. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, uh, do you want to tell everybody what we're looking forward to on the next episode?
0: Yeah. Um, the next episode, we're going to be breaking down the FC South. I do want to thank everyone that's listening to us. We're I'm blown away that we're having the response that we've had. We're getting a lot of listeners. We're getting a lot of action on the Twitter account. I'm humbled and just thrilled because – I mean, you you've heard me and, and Robert get into it a little bit. You know, we just love fantasy football and we get, we we can really get into the weeds about it. And it's really awesome to share that with you and to interact with you. So please um get at us on Twitter. So ask us your questions, whatever you want. Let's talk. Tell us about things we need to be talking about in the episode. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us, oh, you you're an idiot, you know. Whatever. We're, we're here for that. Um, I, am really enjoying this, Robert. Uh, thank you for doing this with me. Um, do you have anything?
1: Yeah, no, uh, just uh, reach out to us on Twitter. You can find both of our accounts too on that main Twitter page. Uh, it has the links to both of our accounts. If you want to reach out to one of us specifically.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming and listening. Yeah. Thanks guys. Have a good one.